I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi guys, Sean Ferrick here for Trek Culture and come and join me on a journey of what if as we go through 10 scrapped ideas for Star Trek Enterprise Season 5. Number 10, regenerating the Borg Queen. Producer Manny Cotto said that had Enterprise gone on into a fifth season, they would have looked into bringing back the Borg Queen, who we had of course seen several times before, Star Trek First Contact and Star Trek Voyager. Further to just bringing the character back, he was looking to bring back Alice Krieg. Now, Alice Krieg, of course, played the Queen originally in Star Trek First Contact and then returned in Endgame in Star Trek Voyager. Her chilling tones were slightly more menacing than Susanna Thompson's take on the Queen, and it would have been absolutely fantastic to see her return as a human character. Now, she would have been brought in as a human scientist who was then assimilated by the Borg. Now, as we know, the Queen herself can be several drones, can be one drone. This was established in Star Trek Picard, and we know that there's another Queen returning in the form of Annie Wershing in Star Trek Picard's second season. So, just because Alice Creek shows up in Enterprise Season 5 doesn't necessarily mean she's the same Queen from First Contact and Endgame. And you know what? It doesn't matter. It sounds like it would have been a fantastic tip of the hat to Star Trek history in general. Number 9. Revisiting the Cloudminders from Stratos. The Cloudminders is a third season episode of Star Trek the original series, which is surprisingly good considering the reputation that that season has. It deals with apartheid with the richer people living in this wonderful cloud city of Stratos and the poorer people mining Zenite on the surface of the planet. Now, in the original series episode, Stratos is the main provider to the Federation of the mineral Zenite. And Manny Koto wanted to revisit this idea a hundred years previously. The Vulcans could have very easily tipped off the Federation as to where to get this mineral, as it seems to have only been available on this planet. Stratos was something that Manicoto really wanted to revisit, as in all of Star Trek, it only has specifically appeared in that one episode. However, it has turned up as Easter eggs throughout the other series, particularly in Deep Space Nine, where it's advertised on view screens in, say, the Replomat or Quark's Bar, as a very popular holiday destination. The original city was designed by Matt Jeffries, but it never really got that finished treatment. So when the original series was remastered, it got a lot of an upgrade, which would have then been fully realized in the CGI of Enterprise's time. Number eight, an entire season in the mirror universe. 
In a Mirror Darkly is one of the more fun two-parters in Enterprise's history. It comes late in the fourth season and it's set entirely in the Terran universe. The ending of that episode sees Hoshi take over as the Empress with the much more advanced USS Defiant under her command. Manikoto had two reasons for wanting to follow up on this story. One was the story of Hoshi herself. How would she go from having a lot of firepower to becoming the undisputed empress of the Terran Alliance. And that story, with all of the bloodshed that comes with it, was something that seriously, seriously interested him. The other way of doing it was to go completely balls to the wall berserk and do an entire season set in the Mirror Universe. Now, it remains to be seen exactly how this would have come to pass. And in a way, we saw a shade of that in Star Trek Discovery's first season, when we spent half of the first season in the Mirror Universe with Empress Georgiou and, of course, all of the ships of the time, serving as a wee bit of a tease as to what we would have got, even though we did get a blink-and-you'll-miss-it reference to the USS Defiant. Number seven, Thundercats. As anyone who has been watching this channel this season of Lower Decks' ups and downs will know, I am a Kazinti fan. I like them. They're giant cats. What's not to like? And it turns out that Manny Koto was also a fan. So now I feel vindicated. The Kazinti were loaned by writer Larry Niven for the original animated series of Star Trek. They arrived in the Slaver Weapon. They have since only appeared by name in Star Trek Picard and have now appeared as a member of the crew in Star Trek Lower Decks. The fifth season of Enterprise would have included an episode called Kilkenny Cats, written by Manny Koto himself. Writer Jimmy Diggs had designed a Kazinti ship for use in the episode as well, and unfortunately, beautiful as the design was, it never got to be used. Now, the Kazinti are one of the great underrepresented races in Star Trek. So far, the only Kazinti that we've seen in Lower Decks has not yet received a name, which may immediately date this video as to when this is released and what's coming up in the rest of the season. However, bring me back some of those cats. Particularly Kilkenny cats. Kilkenny is from Ireland, and so am I. That makes me happy. Number six, T'Pol gets the Savic treatment. In the season four episode of Star Trek Enterprise, Home, we are introduced to T'Pol's mother, Tilles, and much more stressfully, Trip is introduced to T'Pol's mother, Tilles. Because at this stage, Trip and T'Pol were having their sort of, are they, aren't they? We all wish they were full time. They make such a great couple. This episode, much like the Next Generation episode, Family, followed a drawn-out period of conflict where the crew seriously needed some R&R. One person we don't meet in this episode is T'Pol's father, who is said to have died many years previously. Going into the fifth season, Koto had planned for T'Pol's father to have been revealed as a Romulan agent. This, of course, would have made T'Pol half Romulan. This would have gone away toward explaining some of her more emotional outbursts from the first couple of seasons. Of course, they used you know things like trellium and the infection that she got from the mind melt to sort of explain this as it went along, really when they were just trying to flesh out the character a little bit. This would have put her in the exact same backstory as Lieutenant Savick was originally due to receive in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. 
If you can recall, Kirstie Alley's take on Lieutenant Savick was a much more emotional performance than Robin Curtis's take on Savick in Star Trek 3 and 4. This was because she was to have been revealed as half Romulan. Now, going into Star Trek 3, director Leonard Nimoy was having none of that. He had no interest whatsoever in depicting her as half Romulan, and therefore that element of her story was dropped. This would have been recycled for T'Pol and would have allowed us to further explore T'Pol's background, but also the crossover between Vulcans and Romulans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Number five. The Birth of the Federation. Now, the much reviled finale, These Are the Voyages, finishes up with Archer walking up those steps to deliver his commencement speech at the inauguration of the Federation. But hold on, that's a big gap between the previous two episodes, Demons and Terra Firma, because that's 10 years, 10 years of history. We had plenty of room to tell these stories going into a fifth season. Producers and writers Rick Berman and Brannon Braga had said that about These Are The Voyages, this was supposed to be a tribute and had always been planned for the finale of season four, regardless as whether the show was cancelled or not. While that comes with a bit of a stench of horse manure, that also does a little bit of a disservice to the show in general, telling, well, well, we know how it's going to end. Why would you then give us the rest of the stories? So that there's a little bit of retconning going in there, I believe. All allegedly. We had a long way to go from the slowly developing friendship of the Andorians, Tellarites, Vulcans and humans in the fourth season before they amalgamate into the Federation. It is in fact one of the great unexplored periods of Star Trek's history. If you look forward then to Star Trek Discovery, which is set before the original series, there is still about a hundred years of history there left to explore. There is literally tons of stories that can be told, all which would lead into the formation of one of the greatest alliances the Alpha Quadrant has ever seen. Number four, continuing the temporal Cold War. 
The Temporal Cold War took up much of the first and second seasons of Enterprise and it seems as though the audience never truly warmed to it because as season two was coming to a close, ratings were falling and this looked like it was going to be trouble for the show. It was revamped slightly, the Zindi arc was introduced and the show went off in a bit of a different direction. Now personally I do think this was a good decision for Enterprise, which is not to say I didn't enjoy the Temporal Cold War. The fourth season begins with a two-part episode Stormfront, which was filling a mandate and that mandate was get this Cold War done, get it done, get it sorted, we don't want to deal with this anymore, as was decreed by the producers, which it did a disservice to how much of a build-up to the temporal Cold War there was. Who exactly was this future guy that Silic was speaking to the whole time? Was he a Romulan agent? Was he an agent from Federation way in the future? What was going to be revealed? Well, it turns out there was a couple of options. One, it could well have been a Romulan agent, but another was that it could have been Archer himself in the future influencing events to come to a certain destination, which of course we don't know where that bloody destination is because we, the bloody show was cancelled. All is not massively lost because in Star Trek Discovery's third season, we know that there were huge temporal wars between the 24th and 25th centuries and the 32nd. So that means that quite possibly we could see this story played out just on a different series than we originally expected. Number three, Whispers of the Romulan War. The original series episode Balance of Terror was the first face-to-face -face meeting between the Romulans and the humans. So that's been set in stone. We can't really mess with that. However, the glory of television and the glory of Enterprise being a prequel is that we, the audience, know what the Romulans look like. So, in Star Trek Enterprise's fourth season, when they set the episodes United, Babel 1 and the Enar, we were able to see what was going on on Romulus without spoiling canon. Well done, Star Trek Enterprise. We then know that between the events of Enterprise and the original series, there was a devastating war between the Romulans and the Federation, and it was all fought with long-range weaponry. There was the stage set for this war to break out in Enterprise. And as we had seen before with the Dominion War in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, this need not have been confined to a single season. In fact, it could have been told over several years. That way you still get the gravitas of a huge interstellar war, but you also don't have to commit every single episode to it either. Again, another one of the great missed opportunities caused by the cancellation of the show this really was something that could have deepened Romulan lore. Now, we are getting more Romulan stories in Star Trek's Picard and Discovery, but these are the Romulans broken and lost from their homeland. Let's look back to the Romulans in their prime. Number two, Requiem for a Flint. Now, if you think back to the Trek culture video, oldest characters in the Star Trek universe, you might have noticed a missing name, and that is Flint, who first appeared in the original series, third season episode, Requiem for Methuselah. And hands up, that's because I forgot him. However, Manny Koto did not forget him and had in fact intended to bring him into the fifth season of Star Trek Enterprise. By the time Kirk and crew met Flint in the original series, 
he had lived for several thousands of years, even though he had begun as a human. He'd adopted many personalities throughout the years, including Plato, Johannes Brahms, and he was very much active on Earth around the time of the birth of the Federation because he was well aware of it by the time Starfleet came knocking at his door. That means he could easily have interacted with Archer and just asked him not to say anything because there are many things that have happened throughout Star Trek's history that people haven't necessarily gone and filed their reports on. And for example, the Vulcans as well could easily have been aware of this person without feeling the need to reveal his identity to Starfleet. It would have been a fantastic way again of tying the original series and Enterprise in together with a character crossing over in both without spoiling canon. Number one, more Shran. More Shran is always a good thing. Give us more Combs. We were robbed absolutely robbed that Jeffrey Combs was not made a main character in Star Trek Enterprise. He had many guest appearances, although most notably as the Andorian commander Shran. Going into the fifth season, Manny Cotto had planned for Shran to become a member of Archer's crew. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he joined Starfleet. He could have easily been on the bridge in the same capacity that T'Pol was in the first season where she was an advisor and an ambassador for the Vulcan High Command he could have been an advisor ambassador for Andorian Military Command. We are delighted to know that Jeffrey Combs will be returning in Star Trek Lower Decks, but for the love of God, will you make this man a- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Permanent employee. Sake. <laughs> 